This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you again from home during the coronavirus shutdown as uh, the Indians and the rest of Major League Baseball and the rest of the sports world wait to see if games can begin again. In the meantime, great show lined up for you today. In our second half hour of our show and podcast, we will hear from Indian starting pitcher Mike Clevenger checking in from down in Florida to let us know how he's doing during the shutdown. Also, we'll hear from Alan Smith, who is the Chief Programs Officer for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Cleveland. Great fundraiser the other night with the Indians and WKYC teaming up to raise funds for the Boys and Girls Clubs, and Alan will fill us in on what that means to them. We will also hear from Mike Farron, who's a radio announcer for the Arizona Diamondbacks and also on MLB Network Radio, on Sirius XM Radio. So uh, he'll fill us in on some of the potentials and pluses and minuses of of those plans that you've heard maybe proposal right now. Uh, Maybe baseball starts out in Arizona in all the complexes out there, and we'll talk to Mike about that. But first, some thoughts from Terry Francona, who checked in with the local media on a Zoom call earlier this week, and he gave his thoughts on some of the many different proposals that you're hearing that could, could not happen, who knows, but uh, Tito kind of boiled it down to to really the nuts and bolts of what's going on and from his perspective, how he looks at it. Well, I think the thing you got to remember is, and I'm glad that they're throwing ideas around and things like that. From my understanding is, is if you heard three ideas became public, they probably had another hundred that, you know, so I think it's great that they're thinking. I also think they've been really good about saying, hey, look, if and when it's the proper time. And by that, I mean, you know, safe for the players, their families, and also not taking away from the public. Uh, I think Major League Baseball has been really good about making sure that that is represented up front and first. So, so. I guess my thought is, is if you see baseball at some point, that means that our country is kind of coming back to a sense of normalcy, which is great. And then for us to have a season 
we're all going to have to be willing to be flexible because it's just not going to happen like you're not going to have a normal baseball season. It's just not possible. That's Tribe Manager Terry Francona, kind enough to join us on a Zoom call earlier this week from his off-season home out in Tucson, Arizona. Now, stay tuned. When we come back, we'll stay on that Arizona theme and check in with Mike Farron from the Arizona Diamondbacks about potentials for baseball returning. And again, that's the key word, potential, out in Arizona. That's coming up next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from home as we continue on during the uh, coronavirus shutdown with our shows each week. You can catch them on the Indians Radio Network. Also, as a podcast on Apple iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you download your podcasts, and also Indians.com. So a lot of different ways to listen to our show each week. We welcome in now Mike Farron. He's one of the radio announcers for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and Mike also works for MLB Network Radio as well. He's based in Arizona. That's his year-round home, and obviously a, a big topic of conversation has been one of the proposals, many of which uh, have been put out there, that would have teams playing in Arizona exclusively. And we talked to Mike about that, and also, how things are different in Arizona right now than they would be, say, here in Cleveland or in New York City in terms of the coronavirus and the impact that it's had there. Uh, it's been pretty good. You know, we're fortunate, Rosie, in that, that um, social distancing is kind of part of the Arizona mindset to begin with. So um, we have a significant amount of urban sprawl, which leads to uh, to space between everybody. So it's been pretty good. The, I, I don't want to rub this in, but the weather has been great. We still haven't had a 90-degree day, so uh, there has been time to get out and get exercise as well. Um, so I think for the most part, at least everybody I've talked to, it, it, it has done pretty well. I've got some relatives that live alone who are a little bit, you know, they're a little bit tired of looking at themselves in the mirror and just their dogs. But other than that, I think we, the good news is that everybody around us. All right, just so for perspective, so you know, as we record this uh, on Wednesday night here in Cleveland, it snowed. <laughs> so, so we're dealing with that too. <laughs> I didn't want to rub it in at all that it's like 82 degrees today and bright sunshine, and I had a lovely walk with a nice breeze this morning. I wasn't going to bring that up at all. Well, that's as it should be out there. And <laughs> you know, you mentioned um, the social distancing and, and what it's been like out there you're completely different, I think, from, from just about everybody who had spring training in Arizona. Once they announced on March the 12th that the shutdown had come, uh, everyone was trying to figure out their way to, to get home safely and, and rejoin their families. But you stayed there. What was it like that, that next weekend, which normally would have been a, a great spring training weekend? Uh, what was it like out in Arizona at that time? Yeah, it was um, it was a little strange. I mean, those first I would say especially the first two weeks felt like a year. You know, as everything was shutting down around the country, as travel was being shut down, as teams stopped allowing players to use the complex. I think that there was a lot of um, I know there was a lot of uncertainty from everybody as they were trying to. Everybody was trying very very hard to get their ducks in a row and then communicate what was happening. And I think there were some people that were probably, uh, I don't want to say necessarily held out of the loop, but didn't get the information as quickly because I think everybody was trying to get answers before they passed anything on. So 
it was a little bit bizarre. You know, like I said, Arizona took a little bit longer to shut down. So there were still events that were going on that weekend. And, um, you know, a lot of the, the local um, attractions were still open, even though there wasn't baseball. But, you know, by the, the end of the next week, so, you know, 10 days out almost from the lock, from when, when baseball shut down, that's really when you saw a noticeable difference here. Joined by Mike Farron. Part of the Diamondbacks radio broadcast team, also a great host on Sirius XM MLB Network Radio, and he joins us from Phoenix. And, and Mike, that's been a, an area of discussion uh, as MLB searches for, for ways to have a season, if indeed at some point in time that becomes appropriate. One of the, the rumored spots might be an entire uh, Major League Baseball contention heading to Arizona. Uh, obviously, we can't speculate on whether that happens or not. There's so many things up mm-hmm. in the air. But but from a standpoint of, of being able to handle that, just from a, a logistics standpoint, not counting trying to, to make sure everyone's staying away from the virus, but just hotels, facilities, ballparks. Could it happen? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that there's probably not a, a major league city that's set up as well to be able to handle something like that as Phoenix is. And again, I mean, you hit on the first key point, which is um, that, that you know, the first and foremost, and I think the commissioner has talked about this, everybody's talked about this, like we need to be in a position where, um, you know, that there's enough testing to be able to go around to, to you know, medical professionals, to people who need testing, who want testing, um, before we can even get, get to the point where this would potentially happen. But um, if you were looking at one city to be able to do something like this in, Phoenix is pretty well set up. You know, there's 10 spring training facilities. There's also um, Phoenix Municipal Stadium, which is um, – which is now the uh, the home for Arizona State uh, University baseball, but was the A's spring training complex for a number of years before that. Grand Canyon University has a new facility. Um, even Packard Stadium, which is where ASU used to play on campus, it's a little bit smaller, but if you're not going to have fans, then it doesn't really matter necessarily, but that still exists. And you have Chase Field. So you have there are potentially 13, 14 different facilities that you could use here um, and most of them, and maybe with the exception of Packard at this point, have close to or major league caliber facilities for the players. And you have, I mean, there's no tourists here right now. There's no tourists here in the summer really anyway. It's not a superb, but it gets hot. Uh, there are a number of you know, large hotels and resorts in the area that, that potentially could house you know, 30 teams if they were to all come here. And, um, you know, and and there are a number of players that live here in Arizona as well. And I don't know what, you know, how that would impact them necessarily. But um, there are there are ways to see how potentially this could work if we get to that point where it's safe enough to be able to get players back on the field. But, and again, though, it, it sounds like ballparks and hotels might be the easy part. The The hard part is... Yeah. is the virus itself and, and how to monitor and, and make sure the general public's taken care of too. Yeah. And, and that was one of the points that, so, so the commissioner, not the commissioner, the governor of Arizona, Doug Ducey, uh, just spoke about this the other day, because this obviously has been in the public um, collective for almost two weeks now. And he was asked a little bit about this. I think it was in after Anthony Fauci from the NIH, uh, made the comments about about whether or not you know a plan like this could work and seemed to be somewhat positive on it at some point over the course of the summer, and 
you know, the governor said, listen, you know, we, we absolutely are, are in favor of that. We would welcome that with open arms. It would be something that we think would be good for the state of Arizona. But, and, and there was the big but, but we need to make sure that it's not a public health crisis, that, that the, the, the public health is, um, is first and foremost. And Arizona is one of those states that has really battled to try and find more testing. And that's one of the things that there has been a lot of discussion in the governor's last couple of press conferences is trying to find ways to be able to ramp up the amount of testing that there is for people. And that's really where it starts. If you can test more people, if you can create a better testing environment, if you can create enough um, space basically between the peak of the, of the virus and the concerns for it that allows health professionals to be able to test personnel for baseball over and over and over and over again in the time that they would be in Arizona, then we can start talking about potentially having a season here. But that's a long ways away. I think in a normal situation, you're, you're probably out and about enough where you might be able to, to get a feel from friends and, and just people you come across. And maybe that's, that's not a fair question right now because of social distancing. But, but generally, uh, can, you, can you gauge from from friends and family, what their thoughts on it might be? Well, I get asked about it about three times a day (laughs) locally or nationally, because, uh, because everybody is curious about it. I think part of it is because we miss baseball, right? I mean, I think you and I are are people who not just love baseball, but love our jobs and don't take any of this for granted too. And I think most fans now are just like, they're dying to be able to get baseball back. Like they want to be able to have something to distract them from real life. The guys can use that. So everybody has been asking about it. And I think that there's, I mean, it's a weird situation, right? Like if you're living in Phoenix and this were to happen, like, it would be really cool to have everybody in the state of Arizona playing baseball, but nobody's going to be going to games. Nobody's going to be going to hotels. The players probably aren't going to be going out to restaurants. Like, there's going to be real limitations on what, what surrounds it because you're going to have to keep as much as you possibly can this bubble together to try and prevent the, you know someone from getting infected with, with COVID-19 and then potentially spreading it to people in the traveling party. So... I think all of those things that you kind of met with a more curiosity than anything at this point. Um, but, you know, because I don't think anybody is looking at this as being a possibility where they're going to be able to go and watch, you know, like the Arizona Fall League, like watch two games in a day at different spots. It's just not going to happen that way. Mike Farron joining us, one of the radio announcers for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Mike's out in Phoenix. He also works for Sirius XM MLB Network Radio. And Mike, I- I think the the Diamondbacks have a unique situation in that I'm guessing they probably have more players who live locally year round than than other teams. Uh, mm-hmm. are, are they able to? I mean, can they even get together to play catch, or or is that off limits too? And 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 if so, have you have you been able to reach out and and get in touch with some of them to to see what they're able to do in that area? Yeah, I mean, I think there are some of them that, that are, you know, and I think it all depends kind of on your family situation and how close you are to people. So in, in our serious job, we talked to Cole Tucker from the Pirates the other day, and Cole lives in a condo complex that includes, like, it's like a who's who of uh, Arizona prep baseball stars. So <laughs> Cody Bellinger and Scott Kingery and Bobby Dahlbeck, the power prospects for the Red Sox, and, um, you know, uh, Jamie Westbrook, who's a minor leaguer with the Giants organization now, and, like, there's like five or six of these guys that live together and they have permission to occasionally work together because they're all part of that, that 
same circle. They're basically socially distancing together. Uh, others, like Daniel Hudson with the Nationals, you know, he, he's at home in Arizona, but he's basically, he said he's throwing you know, 25 basically max effort throws against a, a net every day. That's what he's doing because they have three kids under the age of five. His <laughs> wife needs as much help with that as possible. So there's varying degrees. And even in talking to some coaches from around who, who live here and, you know, might be working with players some, they've basically cautioned everybody to not, you know, listen, you don't need to stay in major league shape right now. Treat this like, as one coach said to me, it was like, treat this like it's November or December at this point. We don't know when the ramp up's going to be. You've got to let your body rest. And so, yeah, I think guys are able to work out a little bit or get outside. Um, one of the essential businesses in the state of Arizona is golf. So you're allowed to still play golf here. Um, so I think people probably are getting out and doing some of that as well. But um, there are some opportunities for them to get together in, in smaller groups from time to time. But I think for the most part, it's it's just like anybody else, right? Like you worry about running the risk of, uh, you know, if you start seeing too many people potentially dealing with community spread. Did you ever think you'd see the day where golf would be designated as an essential business? <laughs> Only in Arizona. <laughs> well, or Florida, too, I guess. I mean, but yeah, that's a, I mean, there's a lot of golf courses. I think you probably could get a tee time pretty easily right now. <laughs> you might. Oh, crazy times. Well, listen, Mike, thanks so much for, yeah. for coming by and, and talking about it. Hopefully you've been able to, to stay busy and, and stay in touch with the game. It's it's not easy right now, but uh, I appreciate your time, and, and hopefully we'll get to see you at, at some point this summer. Yeah, Rosie, I hope so, too. I'm pretty confident that we, the one thing that baseball has on its side that maybe the other sports don't is time, in that it doesn't necessarily, like, as much as we're, we're missing it, like, the season would be three weeks old right now, right? We still have a lot of time this summer before – we get to the point where they have to potentially call it. So I'm pretty optimistic that at some point we're going to play baseball this summer. Good stuff from Mike Farron, and we thank him for his time. Stay tuned. On the other side of our break, we'll hear from Mike Clevenger, Indian starting pitcher on how things been going for him since the shutdown. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from home as we join you during the coronavirus shutdown with our show each week. Great to have you with us and uh, so glad you found us either on the radio network or in podcast form. Well, like many of his teammates, Mike Clevenger is trying to figure it out right now in terms of how to stay sharp, not do too much in case it's a really long layoff, but be ready uh, when called upon if there is a baseball season this year. And for Clevenger, he's trying to continue what has been a great stretch in his career. The last three seasons, he's won 12, 13, and 13 games. The ERA, three or under. The strikeouts way, way up over innings pitched, and the walks are down. Just solid numbers across the board. You talk to many baseball people, and they say he has some of the best stuff in the game. And he's in the prime of his career at the age of 29. The last thing he wants to see is a completely missed baseball season. Now, when we caught up with Mike down in his home in Florida, he's right along the coast on the Gulf side. Uh, we were recording this interview on Friday when it was snowing outside here in Cleveland. And uh, Mike said it was a little bit different down in Florida. <laughs> well, 
uh, I'll land in my hammock in my backyard and it's like 73 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful right there. No question. Um, hey, what has it been like for you since, since they shut things down? Have you been able to, or been advised to, to keep throwing and building up? What it, What is the scenario for, for a starting pitcher in the big leagues, not knowing when you're going to start? No, I'll, I'll say if anything, kind of like tone it down just a bit, just uh, keep your arm going until you're going to get more of a plan of attack. But uh, I'd say now I'm in the stage of starting to ramp back up. I uh, had a good bullpen session yesterday. Recently I found uh, there's, you know, college pitcher and a college catcher that their season's going to cut short and uh, they still want to keep going, like, you know, stay ready for whenever they're going to get to go back out. So uh, got to throw bullpens with them. The last time we saw you, you were on your way back from the knee surgery. And, uh, gosh, I think one of the last baseball activities we saw out in spring training was, was you throwing a pen, and you look great. Uh, how is the knee, and, and in terms of coming back, how you doing? Well, I mean, not, now it feels like completely myself again. Now there's no, uh, I don't know, I guess uh, subconscious hesitancies that I felt like the first couple bullpens. It uh, just feels pretty natural now. I mean, I, I guess the only real concern was, uh, I mean, I got a pretty violent uh, – you know, block leg, like lead leg, and that's the knee that I, uh, you know, tore. So that that was my only, like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of worry. But uh, the strengthening stuff came back real fast. I mean, I, I mean, it healed super, super quick. It was just kind of getting my body to trust that it was there. And then, uh, you know, that only took a few times on the mound and I started feeling normal again. Mike Clevender joined us, tribe pitcher, and, Mike, if you look back at, at that time toward the, the end of, of when spring training was still going and things were shut down on March 12th, what were those first couple of days like after the shutdown when, when players were still in Arizona and, and I think hoping to, to stay together? What, what was it like out there for you? Yeah, I mean, just like you said, everyone was trying to figure out uh, to stay. Everyone wanted to stay and uh, keep working together if that was possible. Then once it got down to where it was like, hey, well, that's going to be an issue even having the team together, let alone the staff involved uh then just became the oh, the logistics of getting home and then scheduling out you know lifting and throwing and do we ramp up do we tone down and uh but uh i think we we organized pretty quickly and got things moving well when you look at, at how things have gone since that time uh, you mentioned some of the things that you're doing to to try and 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 be ready whenever that time is different proposals have been and put out there any that, that look good to you, and, and what are some of the concerns when, when you do see some of the ideas that have been brought up that, that come into play for you? I mean, I guess the one of just be the double headers every week, just uh, to get as much games in as possible. It's just, I just feel bad for even if we, you know, this is our, our magic year, you know, we do go and we win it. It was only an 80 game season. Like, uh, I don't want, I don't want an ask, like an asterisk next to, like, you know, our World Series, you know, and, that's that'll be my concern. You see any way they could get in 162 at this point? Man, if we if we wanted to squeeze until uh play a World Series in late December, January, and then turn back around and get rolling in a month and a half. <laughs> and you know, mention that, and that's I think you're the first person I've heard mention that. If it is a an altered season, which it certainly appears at this point as if it would be, would it mean as much? And and does that really come into play and in that thought process, especially for a team that, that feels really good about its chances? Yeah, I mean, it, it has to. It's just uh, I don't want it to be, you know, looked at as, as any lesser than another, you know, World Series title. And it would be hard 
for us to not look at it as lesser if you only play half the games. So, I mean, that's uh, definitely a concern. Mike Clevenger joining us, Tribe starting pitcher. And, and Mike, you, you put yourself in a, a real good spot in terms of, of where you are in your career and, and how things have been going for you. But I know when, when you first came to the Indians, there was still a lot of development left. And we see you now, and it while it doesn't seem easy, it, you feel pretty good that you're going to get a well-pitched game when you're on the mound because of what you've done to, to get to that point. What changed for you, um, maybe back in the minor leagues, that allowed you to take some big steps forward and, and really become the pitcher you are now? I mean, I, I'd say it's really just taking uh, an honest look at yourself, or like a real, be a, a real evaluator, and uh, really look at your deficiencies hard, and then it just we came from there and how to how to fix each one of those and diagnose the next deficiency, and it was just uh, I think getting into that process of just like there's always going to be something that's not good uh just saying that that mentality has just got me to where i'm at now and is that something that you can pass along to, to younger pitchers that are, are either on that fringe or just getting into the major leagues oh yeah definitely i mean that's definitely the message i 100 percent pass on all of them i mean i drilled in the police act too it's nothing's ever good enough and i think that's just kind of been the precedent underlying with uh just being here with indians i mean just coming in just winning you know since i've been here and uh but like i said when i first came in and like finally got like a 10 punch out game it wasn't even like i thought it was gonna be a big deal but it wasn't at all because like yep kluber cookie bauer been doing that every night for you know a couple of years now so it's just like uh always staying hungry and in closing it you talk about the team and and expectations and, and what what you feel you're capable of doing this year how are you guys able to stay in touch and how often are you able to to reach out and and really communicate with each other and try and keep some semblance of team going here during this time well we 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 constantly have our uh team group chat going i mean that's uh been a mainstay for years now but uh no uh zoom calls and you know stuff like that uh between emails zoom calls facetimes uh you name it We've we've done it. So an odd time of year to be home, I'm sure for you. It's it's probably been a long time for that. Uh, what do you got? What do you? I mean, a weekend in April. You, normally you're you're traveling with the team or you're home with the ball club. What do you got lined up to to kind of occupy your time while you wait this thing out? <laughs> well, I've been on the the water a lot. Uh, I'm actually going to be going fishing here Monday, so that'll be a good little. Take uh take away that you don't usually get to get during this time of the year. It is it is different, that's for sure. Mike, thanks so much for coming by. I appreciate the time and and uh, best of luck while everyone waits this thing out. All right, thank you, Rosie. See you. Boy, great perspectives from Mike Clevenger on, on so many different topics regarding this whole situation, and uh, we really enjoyed having him on for a little while on our show this week. Hey, stay tuned. When we come back, we have a feel-good story for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Northeast Ohio. We'll be joined by Alan Smith from that great organization talking about a fundraiser on Thursday night put on by the Indians and WKYC. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, our final segment. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from home as we continue during the uh, coronavirus shutdown and uh, so many 
organizations here in uh, Northeast Ohio and the country impacted by what's going on, uh, not the least of which the Boys and Girls Clubs of Northeast Ohio. They, they've had to shut their locations down during this time because of social distancing and, and the need to stay home. So that's created quite a gap, but they're trying to do some things to still connect with the kids who need it most. Alan Smith is uh, the Chief Programs Officer for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Cleveland. And uh, the other night, Thursday night, here in downtown Cleveland, the uh, Indians and WKYC hosted a, a fundraiser, and they raised unofficially close to $75,000. Uh, just some of those folks involved, Terry Francona, Carlos Carrasco, Brad Hand, Kenny Lofton, Shane Bieber, among others on the Indian side of things. Uh, Nick Camino, Ben Axelrod, Jim Donovan from WKYC, and, and many other of, of their personalities were a part of it too. And, and that combo helped raise $75,000. And when we caught up with Alan Smith, he talked about what that night meant to him and the Boys and Girls Club of Northeast Ohio. Uh, it meant everything. It was a great platform to be able to tell our story. It was a great platform to remind young people that we are still out there. And I think it gave us an opportunity to be exposed to individuals who maybe weren't aware of, of the work that we're doing, not just in Cleveland, but throughout all of Northeast Ohio. And so we really are, are very thankful to WKYC and the Cleveland Indians for, for, their, uh, for thinking about us. And um, it was really, really a great, great opportunity for us. I'd ask you if it was a surprise that, that they were thinking about you, but it just seems like the, the Indians do so much for, for and with the Boys and Girls Clubs here in, in Cleveland and Northeast Ohio. Maybe, maybe a surprise is not a good word to use there because of, of that great relationship. I would agree 100% from the top down, from, from Mr. Dolan to... Bobby D to Rebecca over in CIC uh, to Curtis. I mean, the whole team over at uh, the Cleveland Indians um, administrative office has been extremely supportive. And then that, that funnels down to the players, to the Brad hands, to the Francisco Lindors. I mean, those, those players come out and they engage not only with, with our kids uh, from a media perspective, but, they're doing these things for us when nobody knows. So, no, it was not a surprise, and uh, we're just grateful that we have that type of relationship. And a great partnership, too, with WKYC, and, and thanks so much to – and we're going to miss some people here, but I know Ben Axelrod, Nick Camino, Jim Donovan were just some of those involved in, in the broadcast uh, on Thursday night, and they did a great job. And, you know, look, with coronavirus – the, the big thing is the shutdown. And when you think of Boys and Girls Clubs, that's a place for kids to go. Uh, how much has that changed, and what are you trying to do to help kids who are, are out of their normal routine as a result? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things I think people fail to realize is that not only are young people missing out on school, but they are missing out on their recreational uh, opportunities. And and that plays a big role in their in their development. So the young people that would normally come here to recreate or to, you know, participate in an art project as a way to deal with stress, 
um, to sit down and have a conversation with a mentor, those, those opportunities have disappeared. And so for us, it becomes really important that we are able to give young people something. And so we, we have turned to a virtual programming initiative called our cyber club. And what it does is it, it really emulates what a young person may participate in on a daily basis. If they were actually within a boys and girls club facility, they are getting an opportunity to see faces that they normally see within a Boys and Girls Club space and participate in programs that they might normally participate in with respect to the arts and athletics and education and and character development. Alan Smith is joining us. He's the Chief Programs Officer for Boys and Girls Clubs of Cleveland. And uh, on Thursday night, the Indians and WKYC participated in Our Kids, Our Tribe to raise funds for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Northeast Ohio. And, and just some of the guests on on the show included Tribe Manager Terry Francona, Carlos Carrasco, reliever Brad Hand, and Kenny Lofton, who I, I thought was great, Alan. He, I mean, it, if anyone would know the value of the Boys and Girls Club, it, it would be him because of his background. Absolutely. You know what? Kenny Lofton has been a supporter of Boys and Girls Clubs for a long time, and we were really appreciative to him and, and all of the Indians that engaged and, and uh, you know, to have Tito come on on our behalf was just, you know, really special. And so it shows the types of uh, commitment that the Indians, they have to their community, and it also shows what type of people they have working for them. I mean, here we are, school's still going sort of uh, in very much a different way, and you mentioned the the value of the cyber club and, and trying to keep things going. Uh, what do you see for, for the future here and, and what will be the, everyone's calling it the new normal. Um, what do you see in terms of, of the boys and girls clubs getting back to, to that one-on-one and, and uh, being able to see kids in, in a live setting instead of just virtual? You know, the, the governor in the state of Ohio has done a great job of, of leading us and, and providing parameters that we should be considering social distancing and the like. And so, you know, our hope is that as these restrictions are lifted and changed, that we will begin to slowly um, and methodically uh, intentionally reintroduce young people into our clubs in this this new normal type of way. And, and what I mean by that is we want to be mindful of again the distancing that young people will have um, the numbers of young people that are in uh, program areas the types of um, programming that we engage young people in and the number of staff members that we have committed to these initiatives the, the the good thing that I think is going to come out of this is I'm not certain that that our thought process about virtual programming, uh, in the way that we're in manner that we're doing it right now was there prior to COVID-19. And so I think a good output of this will be we can reach more children, especially those young people maybe that are sick or ill, young people that have moved away from us. They will still be able to get some type of offering because of the commitment we're making now to virtual programming. Well, it's amazing. You, you hear a lot of stories like that, that 
uh, maybe on, on the other side of this, there, there are some things that will be a real positive, and, and I guess that's a, a great way to look at things. And, um, Alan, I know last night, uh, Thursday night, was a, a great night for the, the Boys and Girls Club, and thanks so much for the time today. I appreciate you coming by. Absolutely. We just want to tell all of our kids and the, the people in Northeast Ohio that um, support us, we really appreciate your support, and um, we miss and love you young people. Hopefully we'll be back with you soon. But that's Alan Smith uh, talking about uh, some of the good things that are happening that are coming out of, of what is tough times for everybody in uh, terms of the coronavirus and, and what it's done economically and, and to so many different organizations. But on the flip side, some good things happening of people coming together and uh, raising some funds for that great organization. That's going to do it for our show this week. Thanks so much to Brian Matze, as always, for helping to put together our show. Also, thanks to Bart Swain, the Indians' uh, outstanding PR man who has uh, been tracking down some players for us each week to to make sure that uh, we can bring you what those guys are doing to try and stay sharp if there is baseball this summer and uh, hopefully soon along those lines. So thanks to Bart Swain for all of his help, too. This is Jim Rosenhouse. Until next week. Reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better because my all-new santa fe is available with h-track all-wheel drive so i can hit the trail without a worry in the world Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.